0: Soon, it is different from your concept of time. So my father measures time in a different way. Let me tell you this it's near a deadly thing. But there are many things that I have prepared for this earth before I come again. And I will need my glory to be manifested. And my glory will be manifested through those who have chosen to be me, through those who have answered yes to the call, through those who are willing to live their lives for me and lay down what they need to lay down. That my kingdom. My glory, my image might be seen among them. I have prepared people, and they will come forth with glory and with power, and they will show what heaven is like. And then will we see the greatness of the Father, the goodness of the kingdom, and I will come again. Be prepared. The Holy Spirit is given to you, He's assisting you, He's aiding you, he will not praise be to God we are grateful for the Lord our God that he has given us his holy word we are grateful we don't have to guess what is in the heart of the Lord we're grateful we don't have to guess what is in the mind of God the Bible very clearly says Jesus Christ says from the abundance of the heart The mouth speaks. And so when God has given us his holy word, he's showing us his heart. It's uh, not difficult for us to be able to see the will of God. We might not see everything, but we see a general idea of God's will for us. Amen? His will for us is good. His will for us is something that will give us a future and a hope. How do we know that? Because that's what he said. And when it comes to uh, the end of time, you know, when, when you go to the television and, and you look at certain channels, like Discovery Channel and other channels, they have different opinions as what will happen in the end of time. Some think that all people will die and the earth will be uninhabited and because of that, the buildings will probably fall step by step. Some people think that there will be an alien invasion Okay? And then many will be taken by the aliens and we will evolve into formless creatures. Some people think that there will be a nuclear war of some sort and it will decimate the whole earth and we will be back in the dark ages and things like that. Scary things. But Jesus Christ is very clear on what's going to happen in the end. For the people of God, it is a day of light and a day of hope. Amen? But for those who have decided not to follow the Lord but to follow darkness, it is going to be a day of terror for them. Amen? Now let me ask you this, when someone says, I'm judging you, is that something that is good for you or bad? Okay? Normally that's what we think of, right? If someone says, I'm judging you, we think it's bad. To make a judgment is to form a certain conclusion. Okay? Okay, so we're more familiar with the bad kind of judgment. If someone says, you know, you keep doing the same thing and you keep failing, you are a failure, that's a bad judgment. You understand what I'm saying? But if I say... You know, I see that even though you tr- you keep failing, you keep trying, you never give up. You are a fighter. I just judged you. That's a good judgment. In my judgment, you're not someone who quits. You're not someone who runs away. You're not someone who abandons people in the fight. In my judgment, you're someone who keeps on trying. You will never quit. That's a good judgment. You understand what I'm saying? So judgment is neither good nor bad. Okay? Uh, and, And in the last phase, when the Lord says, Well done, good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of the Lord. He just judged you. He just said, you are faithful. Okay? He just said that what you did was something good in his eyes. And because of that, he made a decision, enter into the joy of the Lord. That's a good judgment. Do you understand what I'm saying? Hello? And you know, and the other one is the bad judgment. He says, you get away from me lazy and, and wicked servant. Get away. That's also a bad judgment. Now, if you're in a court case, until there is a judgment, there is no closure. You understand what I'm saying? If the case goes on and on and on, and there's no decision, there's no judgment, there's no closure. And you just can't seem to breathe while it is going on. So judgment is neither bad nor good. It's just there. (laughs) And in the last days, no, not not the last days, in the last day, there will be a last day. When the Lord Jesus Christ comes, okay, he will bring to an end this time, he will judge the righteous, and they will be rewarded. He will judge the wicked, and they will be suffering the consequences of their wicked decisions. So judgment in itself is not a scary thing. When the Lord Jesus Christ comes, he will come back as a judge. First, he came as a savior. But the second time he's coming back, he's going to come back as a judge. For believers who are living for God, it's not something to be afraid of. For people who have been living in the darkness, who have been refusing to live for God, it is a terrifying thing. Do you understand what i was saying? Amen? All right. So today, as we've heard the different readings, <laughs> We find Isaiah saying in the first reading, O rend the skies of God. In other words, he's praying, Lord, tear the skies, calm down. In other words, there's so much oppression, there's so much this and there's so much that. If you could only calm down, all of these things will be corrected. See, there's something good about the presence of God. Yes, the devils cannot stand the presence of God. Yes, the things of darkness can expand the presence of God. But when the presence of God comes, life comes, healing comes, hope comes, everything that is good comes with God. The wrong will become right. You understand what I'm saying? Today, we, we might be seeing so many things that is wrong with the world, okay? But yeah, some people are saying, well, if there's, such a, if there's a God, Why is He allowing all of these things to take place? It's not that He's allowing it. It's his waiting for us as the church to to rise up and do what we said. We should do what He said we should do. Remember, Jesus Christ says, Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you lose on earth shall be used in heaven. When we pray, we are releasing the power of God on the earth. Okay, when we choose not to do those things, then even though darkness is happening, because of our silence, of our lack of commitment to pray or intercede, we're saying it's okay for them to go on. See, we need to understand something that God works together with this church. Amen? But when the church begins to rise up, we'll begin to see the power of God take over the church. And many of the wrongs will be righted, Not perfectly, until Jesus Christ comes back again. You understand what I'm saying? Hello. Okay. So in the beginning of the church here, we are talking about Advent, the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And today, uh, there's going to be a lesson I'd like to give you. It's this. To wait for the Lord's promised return is to stay spiritually away. To wait for the Lord's promised return is to stay spiritually away. See, when the Word of God comes to us, the Word of God says, his word will not return to him It will do what he has sent it to do, and it will prosper in the thing for which he sent it. In other words, God will not just perform His Word, but He will perform it in such a way that it will go beyond our expectations. Do you understand what I'm saying? Amen? But the thing that we need to understand also is that God says to the Hebrew Christians before, He says they received the same Gospel, the same Word, but the Word of God did not benefit them. Why did it not benefit them? Did the Word of God suddenly not work? Did the Word of God suddenly suffer a power failure? No, there is no power failure when it comes to the Word of God. But, it says there, the Word that they received did not benefit them because they did not mix faith with the Word of God. In other words, it's one thing to hear the Word of God, it's another thing to put it into action. How do you release the power of the Word of God in your life? How do you benefit from the creative, healing, life-giving power of God's Word? You you benefit from that when you put it into action. You understand what I'm saying? For example, Jesus Christ said, Seek ye first, what? the Kingdom of God and His righteousness, or His ways, His principles, then all of these things will be added unto you. People want all of these things added to them, right? But they don't seek Him first, they seek other things first. God never said, forget about the other things. He said, put the things of the Kingdom first. Make God and His Kingdom important in your life first. That's what He said. He didn't say forget the other things. He didn't say neglect the other things. He said put the kingdom of God first. Well, if you're going to put the kingdom of God first, you have to put the king of the kingdom of God first. Who is our king? Jesus is our king. He is our soon-coming king. He must be the most important person in our life. If we love the Lord more than others, then we will love the others correctly. Do you understand what I'm saying? So we need to understand that, church. I mean, Jesus Christ said, ask and you shall receive, right? Well, people are waiting for something to happen to them, but they're not asking. And sometimes they argue and say, well, God already knows my need. Why do I have to ask if he already knows? Why do we have to ask? Because that is the protocol of heaven. <laughs> Jesus Christ told us, if you want something from the Father, ask him he told us the father your father knows what you need but ask him do you understand what i'm saying all we have to do is ask him okay so we need to uh, understand the prophet of okay. if, heaven. if god says death and life are in the power of the tongue, how do you put that into practice in our lives we practice speaking words of life hello how about Cast all your cares upon the Lord. Okay, problem with many people, especially Christians. I'm not talking about people outside the church, but Christians. They allow themselves to care for the cares. When God says, cast your cares upon Him. Have no anxiety, no worries about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication. If you're going to pray, Stop worrying, do you understand what I'm saying? Why worry when you're praying and God is already taking care of that, right? I mean, you don't have to be a rocket scientist with a PhD to understand, but they're so simple. And then we wonder why they're not working. They're not working, if we're not making them right. Amen? Hello? It's like going to the doctor and the doctor prescribes the right medicine for you. And you buy the medicine. But you keep it in the jar and you never take it. And things become worse. And you can complain. why things, Why are things working bad for me? I went to the doctor. I bought the medicine he gave me. Yeah, but you didn't take it. You understand what I'm saying? And and that's how it is when we receive the Word of God. We must act on the Word of God if we want to see the power of the Word released in our life. The Word will do exactly what he, He said it would do. And if we, the Word of God says that Jesus is coming again. How many of you believe that? You don't believe that? How many of you believe that Jesus is coming back again? That's nothing to be ashamed of. Right? Nothing to be ashamed of. If you believe that He is coming back again, what is the act of faith that proves that we are really waiting for Him? Okay? And the act of faith that proves that we believe that word is that we should be spiritually awake. Do you understand what I'm saying? Amen? What does that mean? Let's go to our gospel today. It's a short gospel. It's in Mark chapter 13, verse uh, 33 to 37. Okay. Uh, First thought I'd like to share with you. I'm basing this on uh, verse 33 to 34. Okay. We must be ready to move with God when he comes. All right. We must be ready when God comes, that's the first thought. The second thought I'd like to share with you is this. What He said to His disciples then, He's saying to us today. What He's saying to His disciples then, He's saying to us today. All right, let's, let's read verse 33 to 34 first. It says here, take heed, all right? Watch and pray, for you do not know when the time is. It is like a man going to a far country who left his house and gave authority to his servants and to eat his work and commanded the doorkeeper to watch. Okay, I think of what he says when he says take heed." that means take this command, take this word, take this exhortation, take this teaching seriously. Give importance to what I'm saying to you. So what is it that we are supposed to give importance to? He said, watch and pray. Basically, we know what to pray means, right? To pray is to connect with God. To pray is to enter into the presence of God. To pray is to talk to God. To pray is to fellowship with God. To pray is basically uh, you having an interaction with God, right? Basically, we know that. All right? I mean, if you're in a, in a... Uh, pressure situation and you don't know what to do and you just close your eyes and you say oh God help me that's prayer Oh God show me what to do that's prayer and God said he will hear you pray So we know basically what, what we what what, we, what the word pray means but he says watch. Do we understand what he says? When he say, he says, "What? This is watching generation. We watch a lot of multimedia on our smartphones, on the computer, on our tablets." Okay. I mean, many of us, many of the millennials today, have a way of learning things which is much more advantageous than the way we used to learn things before. In the beginning, you know, in the early days, if I would buy like a television set or a VHS. How many of you still remember what a VHS machine is? Yeah, it's Dave. Well, some people don't know what that is. And if we want to find out how it works, I would have to read the manual. Today, if you buy something, you can just go to YouTube and find out how it operates. We are a watching generation, right? But that's not exactly what the Lord is saying here basically the word to watch here means to be spiritually ready to be spiritually prepared okay to be in a state of readiness in other words if, if, if there will be a time of action okay and when the time comes you must be ready it's like a runner in a race you know and you're just you're just there and you're waiting for the flag to come down or the gun to go off the moment the flag comes down or the moment the gun goes off, you start running. You are in a state of readiness. Now basically what the Lord is saying is that we are to be in a state of readiness in a spiritual sense. It's like uh, during that time, uh, cities live behind walls and the walls they have guard houses. And normally during the night they would assign a soldier uh, to stand watch during the night. Because while people are sleeping, that's the time some, some, uh, some of the invaders come in the night. So when there is a guard, he is supposed to be the only one awake during the night, because the others are sleeping. For the guard to fall asleep, sometimes is punishable by death. Why? Because when he begins to sleep, he exposes the others. If the enemy comes and he's sleeping, he would not have known. Do you understand what I'm saying? So it's a matter of uh, urgency. Also, it says here, it means to become attentive or vigilant. In other words, you need to be attentive to what God is saying. Because if you are not attentive to what God is saying, you might miss it. I remember before, um, when uh, my wife and I, we were traveling for the very first time in Europe. Uh, we were in this one particular airport, you know. You, you travel, you go to an airport, you wave, and then there's another, the, 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 you, you get on another plane, okay? So while we were waiting, he saw one of our friends there. Okay? He was also going to the same convention seminar, and it just so happened that we were there. And it's always good to be able to see a friendly, familiar face when you are in a foreign land. We were in a foreign land. We were in a foreign airport, okay? Uh, and we found this friend of ours traveling also. They, they took a different flight, we took a different flight, but we found ourselves uh, going to ride the next plane to our destination. So there we were, we were talking, 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 talking. We were so engaged in our talking, we missed the announcement, okay? There was an announcement that went on the air that says for those who will be taking flight, K, L, this, 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 there will be a change of gates, okay? Please proceed to gate this. We didn't hear it. Were we dead? No, we were not. Well we didn't hear it because we were not paying attention to it, we were paying attention to each other. We were so caught up by making cuento that when the announcement came, we missed it. And the only reason why we were able to run and catch the plane was because 30 minutes before, there was nobody by our gates and I was saying, how come we're the only ones? Where are the other guys? And so we went to the person there and asked, uh, Is the plane delayed? He, she said, No, there has been a change of gates. Well, this was a large airport. And even where we were, we were running here and there, we didn't know there was a second floor. <laughs> we finally found it that we were really sweating. And yeah, <laughs> We just made it at the back of the last person who entered the Jew. We just kind of made it just like that. We almost missed it. you understand what I'm saying? The reason we missed it, because we were distracted. Instead of paying attention to the announcement, we were paying attention to each other. You understand what I'm saying? It's basically like that. The Lord is saying, you might be aware of what's happening on in the world and you might be so connected to the world, you might miss what God is doing. I mean, we're aware of the latest songs. We're aware of the latest trends. We're aware of the latest uh, millennial talk, okay? We know what's going on here, we know what's going to happen here, we know when the save is going to happen, we know when the midnight sale is going to happen, we know this gadget, we know that gimmick, we know this person, we know God. And we're so in touch with all of these things, we forget to pay attention to what God is saying to us. And God is saying, that's being asleep, when you're more aware of what the world is doing instead of what God is doing. Do you understand what I'm saying? Hello, I'm sure we need to understand that church. We don't want to miss the proper time to be with God. And that's why we need to pay attention to God. We need to be spiritually awake. He said, it's like a man going to a far country. He left his house and gave authority to his servants, that's us, and to each his work, and he, he commanded the doorkeeper to watch. In other words, we have to pay attention in making sure we do what God told us to do, okay? And then verse 35 to 37, are you learning something from this? What he said to them, he said to us today, that's the second principle. He said, watch therefore for you do not know when the master of the house is coming, in the evening, midnight, at the crowing of the rooster, or in the morning. Now, we have four candles here, right? I just lit the first one. When's the master coming? He could come in the evening, that's about six to nine o'clock p.m. at night. So that candle might represent that second of time. It says he might come at the midnight watch, which is about nine o'clock to midnight, this candle represents it. He might come during cock crow watch, when the, you know, the cock begins to crow. That's about midnight to three o'clock in the morning. This might represent this candle, this third candle might represent that. And then there is what we call the dawn watch, which is from three o'clock to six o'clock in the morning. And this fourth candle might represent that. These represent different se- segments of time. But when all of these things are lighted, like it, it's time for Jesus to come, which is represented by the white candle. You understand the, the advent watch? And that's just that's just one of the symbolisms there. And basically what he's saying is this, even if you do not know when I'm coming, I might come during the dawn, I might come during midnight, I might come during the early evening. He's saying to us it's not an excuse to be caught unprepared just because you don't know when he's coming. Because God wants us to be prepared all the time. He wants us to be ready well. He wants us to be spiritually awake. And then he says here, Lest coming suddenly, I find you sleeping. And what I say to you, what I'm saying to you, my apostles, I am saying to all. I am saying to all, watch. What he told them, he's telling us. What I say to you, I say to all. Tell your neighbor, he's talking to you. <laughs> if you're the neighbor, then you have to talk to He's talking about you too. <laughs> All right? So what does it mean to be spiritually awake? What does it mean to be spiritually ready, to be spiritually prepared, to be spiritually alert? You know? Have you ever seen someone who's never slept? They're always tense, right? <laughs> they can't take straight, right? That's not what the Lord means. Uh, To be spiritually awake does not mean to be paranoid, all right? But if I'm going to find out, if we're going to find out what he means, well, I have to go through some of what he said in the Holy Scriptures, so just pay attention. What does it mean to be spiritually alert, to be prepared, to be ready? Well, in Mark chapter 3 verse 35, he says, For whoever does the will of God, the same is my brother, and my sister, and my mother. One of the ways, what does it mean to be spiritually prepared? To be alert? It is to do the will of God, okay? It is to do the will of God, and the will of God is revealed to us through his word and through his church. (laughs) In Mark chapter nine, verse 35, Mark 9, 35, it says, if any man wants to be first, he shall be last of all and the servant of all. He wants to be first, he will be last of all, and servant of all. To be spiritually awake and to be prepared is to have a servant attitude in the kingdom of God. You must have the willingness to serve God by serving each other. In Mark 9, chapter, in Mark 9, verse 37, Mark 9, 37, whoever receives one such little child in my name receives me, and whoever receives me doesn't receive me but him who sent me whoever welcomes a little child in my name receives me and the father who sent me well means to welcome to care for and to protect little children okay that's why we have the ministry all life is sacred we are against abortion because this this our young children waiting to be born So we care for them. We defend them. They cannot speak for themselves. We speak for them. Okay? In in Mark chapter nine, verse 41. For whoever will give you a cup of water to drink in my name, because you are Christ, most certainly, I tell you, he will in no way lose his reward. What does it mean to be away? It means to help those in need, especially those in the body of Christ, to care for the body, the members of the body of Christ. It means also to help those who are serving in the body of Christ. In Mark chapter 10, verse 14 to 15, allow the little children to come to me. Do not forbid them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Most certainly I tell you, whoever will not receive the kingdom of God, like a little child, he will in no way enter. To become spiritually awake and alert is to become childlike in your faith and obedience to God. I've heard people say, you know, in my life, I, I'm, I'm a businessman, or I'm in this position, and I am in a position of dignity and honor. But some of them when they were given the wonderful privilege of being transported to heaven, okay, and were able to return to the earth. They said, in the presence of the Father, I feel like an eight-year-old child. Okay, here I'm dignified, here I'm sophisticated, but in the presence of God, the Father, as a papa, that's what they call me. You feel like such a child. You understand what I'm saying? Okay, and so basically he's saying that you might, you should be childlike in your faith in God. And that means if the father said it, don't question it, don't argue with him, just do it. You're learning something from this. If you're not, in Mark chapter 10 verse 44, Whoever you wants to become first of all, you shall be my servant. Well, we, we already talked about that. It needs to be a servant, not to work for recognition. Uh, Mark eleven twenty five. 25. We know Mark 11, 23. We know Mark 11, 24. Now it's Mark eleven twenty five. 25. Whenever you stand praying for, forgive. Okay? If you have anything against anyone, so that your Father who is in heaven, in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. It is a bad thing for Jesus Christ to come and he finds you in a state of unforgiveness. That can prevent you from entering into the kingdom of God. So to be spiritually awake is to be forgiving and to be merciful. Mark 12, verse 44, most certainly I tell you this poor widow gave more than all those who are giving into the treasury.
1: For they all
0: gave out of their abundance, but she, out of her poverty, gave all that she had to live on. To be awake, to be spiritually aware and alert, is to be gracious and to be generous, just like the Father is. In Mark 16, verse 15 and 16, it says, Go into all the world and preach the good news to the whole creation, he who believes. And is baptized will be saved. But he who disbelieves will be condemned. What does it mean to be awake, alert, alive, and ready? It is to be actively involved in the work of the gospel. Do you understand what I'm saying? This is what it means. You know, you're you're involved in the work of God. You are taking on the attitude of Christ. You are living your life as a Christian. You're not just a Christian by name. You are really living your life the way a Christian should be. The word Christian basically means, live the Christ. Okay? The early Christians during the time of Acts were given that name because they were trying to imitate Jesus Christ so much. And the the, the world at that time, for Christianity, was basically new. They would ask them, well, why are you doing this? Because this is what Christ taught us. Why are you forgiving this guy? This guy did this to you. Well, that's what Christ taught us. So they coined the term, you are a Christian, you are a little Christ. Do you understand what I'm saying? Much like today, I mean if you're a follower of this celebrity you take that name. In our day, you're either an Iranian or a (laughs) a Vilmanian. Remember that during our time, Vilma Santos was an actress, was a singer, was a dancer. Today, she's in politics. But during that time, you're either a fan of the other or the other. And so you've got this, Noreenia, <laughs> And God is saying, while well, we're living on the earth, don't just keep your eyes on the earth, okay? Because we are designed for heaven. And he's coming back and he's bringing us there. We are (laughs) Hebenians. Do you understand what I'm saying? We are Hebenians. Hallelujah. Because that's where we're going. That's where our real citizenship is. Amen? And He's coming back for us. And so it's worth the sacrifice. It's worth the diligence. It's worth uh, 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 the living out what God told us to do. Yeah, sometimes it might be difficult. Sometimes it might be hard. but. It's worth it. Wouldn't you like to be in heaven? Wouldn't you like to be in a place where you never grow old? Would you like to be in a place where you don't have to sleep? You don't have to rest because you have energy all the time. Wouldn't you like to eat everything you want to do and not gain weight? Right? That's heaven for you. Where nobody criticizes you, where everyone loves you, you can visit anybody and everyone where Jesus Christ himself comes and visits you. And if you have a favorite pet, because the Lord loves you, when you get there, he will be there. But beware, your pet will talk to you. <laughs> the understand what thing, heaven is such a wonderful place. And the Lord says not to miss that. That's why he tells us to keep our minds it, because we need to prepare ourselves when we get there. Amen? We need to stay away so that we don't miss the boats. How many of you learned something to